This episode of All Things MSP is brought to you by MoveBot. MoveBot is the simplest, fastest data migration and moving tool there is, supporting over 30 storage and email platforms today. Move data like a pro at movebot.io. So first of all, I, I gather you have not set up your own Asterix server before. I have. I have. Oh, you have. I have. Okay, history time, boys and girls. Back in 2005, I worked for an ISP. I did. I ran the Mac department at the ISP, and I was trying to get out of just doing Macs and get into VoIP. And so I had spun uh, a Asterix server on the company's big Linux box. And I, it's a true story. I lived in an apartment with like two other roommates at the time, and I had um. What are those? What's the box called? Like the ATX box that converts Ethernet to four wire for a telephone? I forget what it's called. Like a SIP conversion box? Yeah, I don't box, something like that. And so I, I, I got one of those from you know VoipSupply.com or something, whatever. And uh, I and we had an old telephone in the house in the apartment, like a literal like with a push. Hey kids, back in the day before cell phones, we actually had to physically pick up a phone and there were buttons. And even before that, there was a thing where you had to rotate dials. Um, and so I had Ethernet into the AT box, the AT box into this one phone. And if you called the asterisk number, there our SIP number, it would it was an IVR that was like press one for Justin, press two for Viva, press three for Jason. No matter what button you pressed, it rang that phone. And then if no one answered, it went back and put it into the proper person's voicemail, right? And then it would yeah. email the voicemail. And it was great. It worked. I was able to do it. But like thinking about it on a large scale and being yeah. able to do it from multiple clients, no way in hell do I want to do that. It was such – I remember we tried to deploy it for a lot of our clients at that internet provider. And like it took like four people to manage that one server which like now that I'm thinking about it, I'm imagining like four people literally holding like a one like a one U blade, like trying to balance. But like that's kind of what it was. Yeah, yeah. All things MSP podcast. I am still your host, Justin Eskar, and with me always still is Eric Anthony. And this is part two of our conversation about outsourcing and things you can outsource as an MSP. Last week we talked about a whole bunch. Today, we talk about more. The reason I'm saying it like this is because I'm not really sure where my podcast producer is editing and making the cut. But hey, don't listen to me now. Take a listen. Here it is. Let's go. There's another type of outsourcing that I think I want to talk about that's uh, relevant to our industry, and that is outsourcing your help desk. And I know that there's lots of different opinions on this, and I think that there may be a place for it in, in some instances. Because help desk is kind of a commodity at this point, right? Especially yeah. level one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Level two, level three, that's something different. That's specialized. What are your thoughts on outsourcing help desk? I, I'm actually a pretty big fan, although I don't do it at Virtua. I know it sounds weird. Um, and I think the reason I don't do it at Virtua is the the is mainly because of the knowledge of the broad stroke majority of outsourced help desk who don't know Mac. And that's probably what it is. But I have, there are a couple people who I know in the industry who have it, and I've tried it out for a while. And it's really good if you are, if in your verticals, you have clients that are doing work after hours. Right. So like, let's say your vertical is restaurants and bars 
and you're a nine to five kind of person, one, why are restaurant and bars your vertical? Side question. But they're going to have problems with their network or their POS at three in the morning, and you're going to want to be sleeping. Perfect use for uh, a outsourced help desk. Or if you want to start kind of like expanding your reach and you want to deal with clients in other time zones, like we're based on the East Coast, but we do have clients on the West Coast. You know, 6 p.m. for them is 9 p.m. for me. And granted, I only have like two or three actual users out there, so it's not that big of a deal. But like at nine o'clock at night, I don't want to be on my laptop trying to help somebody reset their Microsoft Word password. I want to be watching Lupin on Netflix. Yet again, good show. So it depends, I think, the use case, but I'm 100% on board with this. Actually, I know a couple of consultants who use an outsource help desk for tier one and only do the tier two and tier three stuff. And it's working really, really well for them as a business model. There is, however, a limitation to the, there's a, there's a, we'll have to draw it out one day and, and we'll share it in our new, all things MSP Patreon, uh, a chart that will explain like, the cost break parameter for how many endpoints you can have before outsourced help desk becomes too unwieldy, you know, in terms of a cost factor, there's always that magic. There's always that magic number there. Right. Um, but other than that, I think it's a great, I think if you're a one or two person shop and the majority of clients have like really easy, you know, how, how do I do this? How do I do that kind of stuff? Yeah, outsource help desk, 100%. I'm 100% on board with that. So you mentioned something there that I also want to kind of dig into a little bit. And that is, you, you talked about time zones and help desk being a great solution for time zones. And that kind of made me think about geos, right? Yeah. So what should the MSP do when they have a client who's out of geo? What do you do for boots on the ground? Make friends. I'm not lying. I, I know it sounds sarcastic, but one of the reasons, one of the best things that has come out of me actually starting and hosting the ACES conference for the last 10 years is I have boots on the ground. I got like four or five people in Seattle. I got people in Portland, Oregon. I got uh, 10 people in LA. I got five people in South San Francisco. I got people in Denver, Texas, Georgia, uh, Missouri, Every up and down the coast of Florida, like I think the only place I don't have somebody is Montana. <laughs> really, I have people in Australia, but like these are people who I deal with on a regular basis because I'm in the Mac Admin Slack work group as well. So like that has helped. There are, but when I say make friends, I'm not like go to go to conventions, go to go to conferences, go to NerdioCon and IT Nation, ConnectWise and whatever Caseas is, and like. All these things come to aces and meet people and make those connections, but like keep those connections. It, and you know what? Also, the All Things MSP Facebook group, which you're if you if you're listening to this, you're probably already a group member. But if you're not, Facebook.com/slash group/slash All Things MSP and post. I just saw a post earlier today, which kind of gives away when we're recording this. So someone's like, "Hey, I'm looking for someone who can do like a break fix in North Florida or something like that." I think Jacksonville. I think it was Jacksonville, right? which I know somebody in Jacksonville, but they only do Mac. So I don't know if they can help, but like reach out so that you, yeah, you got to make friends. 
I know it's weird to say that because like as IT people, we tend to be introverted. Like I don't think I've left my basement in nine days and it's starting to smell down here, <laughs> but I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but like make friends with other people because also the other thing is that it's not just boots on the ground. It's, it's you're outsourcing your knowledge base, right? I ran into a very odd specific problem with managed Apple IDs yesterday for a client. It does not matter what the, the problem is. But as soon as I ran into this problem, yeah, I have my internal team and I got John and Luke on a call and I was like, what is this? And they were both like, I don't know. And so as soon as none of us figured out what we can do, I literally grabbed my phone and I texted seven Apple consultants, three smart ones. Um, and <laughs> sorry, I've been making that joke since yesterday. Um, and had to put the comp, I, I, like Voltron, combine the forces of all of their knowledge to finally figure out the answer and found out that like it's a we we found a new problem that needs to be dealt with as a community but like it was putting all these pieces together and outsourcing that knowledge base because this goes beyond what i knew like i have people that are kind of on the inside of apple i have people that are on the inside of mdm providers and stuff like that and i started just making all those phone calls and writing all the information down and became and i just outsourced my brain basically because like i didn't know the answer to this so those those things come in handy. So yeah, boots on the ground and knowledge is definitely things you can outsource for sure. Yeah, but you know, that's that's where the relationships, the friend networks and and really the only place that you build that. I mean, I think you can do a little bit of it online, but most of it is done at the in-person events like you were talking about. You know what I'm going to do right now just because and I want to time this against uh when people listen to this. I'm just going to post on the All Things MSP Facebook group. Who wants to be my friend? <laughs> uh, you'll get this later. Let's just see what happens. Because when this comes out, people are going to go, oh, that's what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm a top contributor. That's awesome. Of course you are. Because <laughs> you welcome everybody when they come to the Facebook group. I do. Um yeah, you can outsource a lot. I mean, to be honest, a true entrepreneur, and I, I'm not going to suggest that anyone does this in our industry, but like a true, true, true entrepreneur would outsource everything, right? And I, I, I'm, I'm always brought back to the guy who ran the voice department at that internet provider that I worked at, who one day I said, you know, what do you want to do in life? Like, where is this going? Show me, like, what is, what does asterisk mean to you? And this has always stuck with me. And I, I'm telling you, I was 25 when he said this. I'm 43 now, right? So we're going on almost 20 years. And he said, I want to be sitting on a beach collecting checks. And I was like, yes, you're a man. Uh, like, uh, same like mine, same like heart. Like, that's where it's at. And uh, first off, I know for a fact that that gentleman is not doing that right now. But that's beside the point. But like, you could outsource help. Uh, tier one help desk. You could outsource tier two, you know, help desk. You can even outsource your your knowledge base creation. You can use things like AI conversation later on writing that stuff or answering tickets. If you write certain skill sets within, you know, I don't know what it's called in other PSAs, but in Halo, it's called a runbook or or 
you know, API connectors like Zapier or whatever it is to like tie things together to automatically run, you could build up your entire business and basically outsource all of it. If you outsource how your invoicing works, right? Because you're not sending you're not sending paper invoices yourself. You're outsourcing into a piece of software like FreshBooks or QuickBooks or whatever. You're outsourcing the incoming. Well, have your incoming go to your outsourced bookkeeper and have your bookkeeper send you a monthly report of are you profitable, yes or no. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. could you could legitimately outsource this entire business. And to be honest, if you're doing that and you're listening to this show, one, why are you listening to the show? And then two, I want to interview you on this show, atmsp.link slash guest podcast pod. Oh, sorry. atmsp.link slash podcast. And speaking of outsourcing, Data migrations are complex and irritating, creating days of frustration from setup to cutover. MoveBot has built from the ground up to fix that. MoveBot is the simplest, fastest tool for moving files and emails there is. Fully hosted with no infrastructure, no virtual machines, none of that. Sign up, connect, scan, and you'll be moving data in minutes. Move data like a pro at movebot.io. Um, cause I want to know how you're doing it, but like, I think there's a lot to be said there. And I think there's a lot more than here. Here's here, just an example, content creation, right? Here's Eric and I recording a video on a service that we're, that we're paying for StreamYard. Uh, so we're outsourcing the, the, the recording and the graphics that you see here and, and my name yep. and all the other stuff. And then Eric, if he were smart, would outsource the editing something he's smart he's a smart guy i'm just saying like he, if you outsource the editing and then all of a sudden now all we have to do is show up and flap our mouths for a little bit and then we have a con piece of content which we can then cut up and i think you were talking about this with jennifer on the live show that passed this past week the february 14th valentine's day love show live show love show see what i did there um <laughs> Where like you can take a piece of content like this and you use some AI software to like break it up and cut it up into a whole bunch of social stuff. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, we do more than that, actually. Like the transcript for this show is done by AI. Uh, you know, a lot of the other stuff behind the scenes is done either with AI or, you know, with outsourced. So there's a lot to this. And I think that there's probably more topics that we could come up with around outsourcing. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that I think makes outsourcing much more achievable today is the fact that you can pay people much easier uh, yeah. and regardless of where they are uh, with platforms like Gusto and things like that. So there's, there's just, there are a lot of the barriers to doing it have now been broken down to the point where it, it makes it feasible for a small business to do more outsourcing. Where what's funny is Eric outsources me. Like, it, it, I mean, at the core, I know I'm kidding here, but like at the chorus of the core here, like I don't work for Eric, right? Uh, I don't, I don't work for, I'm not an official employee of Eric's company, but like Eric wanted someone to come do the podcast and, and basically outsourced me. And like, you can do the same thing. If you want to create content and you're not comfortable being on camera, but you're really good at writing scripts or really good at writing doc technical documentation, you can, you can outsource a, a voice actor or, or a professional reader or, or whatever, right? Uh, 
the point the point here is that like anything could be outsourced if you know where to go. So I, I do want to I do want to I don't know how much time we have left. Um, and I'm pretty sure now we're in part two of this episode. Um, but I do want to talk about places to go get things outsourced because I feel like a lot of people think that when you go to outsource stuff, you're going to find inferior quality products. And I want to tell you right away, I've outsourced a lot of different things in my career. I've outsourced marketing. I've outsourced sales. I've outsourced, I even outsourced the, the illustrations for the children's book I wrote with my wife years ago. That's an Amazon on print demand, right? I've outsourced, um, Engineering years ago this is a true story. Years ago, when the when the black trash can Mac Pro was out, the the one that looked like a, a New York yep. City trash can, right? It had six Thunderbolt ports on the back of it, and I had found a way to actually use IP over FireWire, which was an old Apple technology, using the Thunderbolt ports, and I made the connections for a client who had only four people working on very very large graphic files a thousand times faster than going over ethernet because they were, I had a way of doing it over. And so I was like, this is a brilliant thing. I want to build a Thunderbolt networking dock. And I went and I found an, an engineer who understood Thunderbolt technology and like chip design. Like, I don't know chip design. I, I know one guy named chip. I ate a lot of potato chips, but like I can't do PCB design. Right. And Gren, Whilst you can do this now a lot easier online, there's tools online I've seen. This is, we're talking 2010, 2011. Yep. But like you can find these people online. So so my my three go-tos, I want to share my three go-tos and we'll have links for all of these in the show notes. My three go-tos for, and, and quality of what you're looking for is going to come down to who you can vet through these services. It's not that one is better than the other. You need to understand what these platforms are used for and who you're going to find on these platforms, okay? My go-to for a long time was guru.com. I've actually stopped using them, um, but guru.com was great for a lot of programmers. I found a lot of programmers on guru.com. Um, I personally stopped using them just because I because I just found another site and I just went to another site. My other go-to website is upwork.com. And on upwork.com, I have found... Video editors, I have found programmers, I have found marketing people, I have found engineers, I have found accountants, I have found, and I, not only for me, for my for clients as well, and they have so many people. And what I like about Upwork is you can choose very specific pieces to like limit your search down. So like, yeah, it's, it's, it's. 10 to 100 times cheaper to get programming done overseas than it is in the United States. And when I was doing sign my pad, we would hire programmers in India. But when I got into a, an app that I needed someone to build a very, very specific niche and I needed to explain it better, I needed someone who would like understand the New York me. Not, not, I'm not talking about English versus not English. I'm talking about just like the, my mannerisms. So mm -hmm. I looked for someone who was a programmer in New York. So that way they would understand the the rationale of what I was trying to get at, right? So you can like limit that time. You can limit down whether or not it's an individual or, or an agency. You can limit it based on the number of reviews. You can limit it on if they're new or not, whatever, all these things. So Upwork.com is a great one. Um, and I still to this day use it. We actually, a lot of the video stuff that we've done on our website and the My Mac Mentor website, 
was all done with and some of our stuff is older but if you find the the ones where i'm in a blue shirt we have this great video editor who unfortunately got a job at like a cruise so she like no longer could do our video editing but like everything was there and you can actually find um you know what else i find on there a lot is uh administrative assistants vas virtual assistants um people who can like pick up like the what and i would i add them to my slack and i'm like do this do this do this do this do this i obviously have taught them what to do right but like do this do this outsource all this stuff so upper.com is a really good one and then the other one which i'm sure everyone is waiting for me to say is fiverr um fiverr for me is really good for like a one-off one and done i'm never going to talk to you again kind of thing okay right however the all things msp podcast video and intro that you saw at the beginning if you're watching this at youtube.com slash all things msp was done by the same person who did <clears throat> the one for virtual computers because i like i i liked they they were responsive and i liked how they work i gave them the, the things i needed they were communicated before they did anything and then we paid them and they moved on so for me the difference between fiverr and upwork is the complexity of the job and what the job is. I'm not going to go find or look for a programmer on Fiverr. Right. Because I, I kind of feel like if you're a programmer and you're trying to sell on Fiverr, you're not a good programmer. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm misjudging, but I think for like one-offs, uh, uh, you want someone to record your IVR for your phone system. Fiverr. You want to find a, a virtual assistant who's going to work with you for nine to 12 months upwork. So there's, there's my sites. So I think that's a great place to end this episode, Justin. Yeah. We went a little longer than normal, which is why this is a two part episode, but hopefully you have some ideas to work with here. And if you have any questions about outsourcing whatsoever, find Eric and I in the all things MSP Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash all things MSP. Become my friend by answering my post on the Facebook group. We'll check that out. Uh, we have some new things that are coming down the line. We, we talked about our merch uh, earlier today. We have our, our new Patreon that's launched, patreon.com slash all things MSP. Follow us on YouTube, youtube.com slash at all things MSP. Like, subscribe, hit the bell, leave a review. You, look, you all know the spiel by now. I'm not going to keep repeating it, though you may hear it at the end of the show because we have new bumpers that we recorded, which, oddly enough, we didn't outsource. <laughs> we could have done that. We should have eaten our own dog food and outsourced our own things. But that's it. We're done talking here. Hope everybody has a good week. And that's it for us at the All Things MSP Podcast. Bye! And thanks once again to our sponsor of today's episode, MoveBot.io. MoveBot is the simplest, fastest data migration and moving tool there is, supporting over 30 storage and email platforms today. Move data like a pro at movebot.io. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Facebook, but better yet, go ahead and join the Facebook group. You can also follow us on Instagram if that's your thing. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at All Things MSP to catch us in all of our video glory. And last, but certainly not least, if LinkedIn is your thing, you can follow us there as well. And a special thank you to our premier sponsors, SuperOps, MoveBot, Gozinta, EasyDMark, and Comtech. And we also wanna thank our vendor sponsors.
The All Things MSP Podcast is a BizPow LLC production.